0: city it's your man big pat the voice of your charlotte hornets and you're listening to the all hornets podcast network presented by sports illustrated
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
0: Hello and welcome to the Horns and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernacki. And I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do? Liquor, Mark. I'm doing pretty well, man. Breaking news. We got an emergency podcast for y'all. Jordan has sold the team uh, for $3 billion to a ownership group led by Rick Schnall, Gabe Plotkin, uh, among others, notable others, including artist Eric Church, and j cole this is something that hornets fans uh have been asking for begging for basically since jordan uh started being involved with the bobcats back in like 2006 tim what was your what was your initial reaction give me some thoughts
1: um my initial reaction was jubilation i was um i was in i was in my office and just started freaking out was just running to people i was like Jordan sold the team! Jordan sold the team! And they were like, what team? Like, what do you <laughs> like, we're not fans. But um, yeah, upon further inspection, uh, I've been waiting for Jordan to sell the team for at least five years. And uh if I knew it came with the cost of being associated with J. Cole, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it.
0: Uh North Carolina people, Raleigh people in particular, are gonna gonna lash out against that take. But Tim, this is this is great news. Um Jordan, just like notoriously, has been a cheap owner. And has made moves like without direction for this team for the past decade. We're gonna talk more about like some of the bad moves that he's made as uh, as owner later on in the podcast. But right now, I just wanted to open with what are the most likely things that are ways that this can impact the team? Whenever there's a new owner ownership group or a new owner, there's always this new owner syndrome. You saw it this year with the Suns, where they uh, went out and got KD shortly after the team was sold. Whenever, whenever there's a new owner, there's going to there's gonna be like some big splashy move almost immediately afterwards. Also happened with the Timberwolves a year ago? hmm Yes, it did, Rudy Gobert. So it can go well, and it can go uh, not so well also, right? Uh, the Rudy Gobert, Gobert trade did not pay did now, and I guess you could argue the KD trade did, also did not work out uh, this past year. But uh, I, have, I have a couple of hot takes. The first one is we just talked about this, Tim. That Zion trade is way more likely now that the team has been sold.
1: Yeah, that would, um, that would take a little wind out of my sails because I'm you know flying very high right now. But yeah, I could see that being something of like, oh, we need some buzz going on. Who's got more buzz than Zion? I don't think it would be the right move. But yeah, I do think it increases the chances of it happening.
0: Yeah. And to recap, that's just the number two pick for Zion with, you know, whatever, whatever else in it. But that's, those are the two major pieces in, in that trade. We talked a little bit about that on the last podcast. And yeah, if you're not a fan of that trade, um, then this should scare you like a little bit. I think, I think it's just way more likely now that now there's a new ownership group. They're going to want, they're going to want something exciting in the building for next season, um, which depending on how you feel about that trade, rice right? could be, could be a good thing or a bad thing.
1: Yeah. We should note that Jordan technically still has uh, the call until July 1st, but I find it really hard to believe if someone gave me $3 billion and I'd be like, no, nah, man, I'm still just going to, I'm going to take Brandon Miller. Yeah. like, I'm sure that they have a massive say in things.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, some other things that are likely, Tim, I think cup check and Clifford uh, likely, likely to be out. I could see it going the other way, but I think the chances of, chances of them um, not being the GM, not being the head coach next year, are relatively high. And I would say at least at least one of them um, are going to get replaced this off season. What What were your thoughts on that?
1: Do you mean like this, like in a couple weeks, or like a year from now?
0: Uh, I I mean like before this season, they're going to be, they're going to
1: be- um. I think I think they'll ride it out for this season and then officially kind of put their stamp on the team next year. Because, I mean, Kupchak was already kind of talking about retirement and without his UNC buddy there and pretty much their entire families working for the team, yeah, less likely. Uh, Clifford, it. yeah, Clifford also, he's got a team option coming up. So I could imagine. It is kind of a bummer that we really missed the boat on every coach that got hired uh, in the last month. But uh, at least we didn't pay Monty Williams $72 dollars.
0: Yeah, fair. Um, I, I think your your take that it's like ha- likely to happen in a year is probably probably correct. Um, either way, their their job security uh, just went just went down. Right, like not necessarily in the short term, but in in the long term for sure, their their job respective job securities went down slightly because it just new people in charge um and you see that a lot with with new owners like like you said it takes a year maybe but but the head coach and the gm are often new within a year
1: yeah and actually i didn't think about it because i was gonna say they don't want to have to pay three coaches but i guess borrego got hired by the uh the, the, i was gonna call him the hornets the pelicans <laughs> um <laughs> he got hired by the pelicans so we're no longer on the hook for him and uh yeah you know clifford would just be off the books next year um it'd be pretty depressing if uh what if kenny atkinson comes back but if he's like cool, like, will you guys actually let me hire my own staff?
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, we'll have we'll have to see. Um, okay, another thing I thought of: veterans on the team, Tim. We only have like two, but Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, uh, I would say way more likely to be traded now that it's a new group. Um, I'm sure we are already going to be looking at Gordon Hayward trades this off season, but that that likelihood just just spiked up. At least it, I hope it did. And I think Terry Rozier too, also on the market. Um have you especially if we're drafting Scoot have Henderson.
1: Have you seen the uh it's this is some wish casting, but the Terry Rozier to LA trade that uh has been on Hornet social media? No. It's uh Terry Rozier and the 27th pick to move up to the 17th pick. And I'm sure the Lakers throw, I think like yeah, it'd be the 17th pick and Malik Beasley for Terry Rozier and the 27th pick. Would you do that? I don't think so what Malik Beasley doesn't even play he doesn't play for them he doesn't play yeah. for the Lakers he would he would play on our team but he's an expiring deal and to move up 10 spots I think I would do that what's the difference between 27
0: and 17 dog uh 10 picks <laughs> what <do> You mean? <laughs> okay what's I mean that, what's that really resulting in is what I mean uh the chance of getting a much better player yeah. 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 I, I know. I'm saying that I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> That's more of a gap between those two than the gap is between Terry Rozier and, and Malik Beasley.
1: I mean, listen, I think we can get good... more
0: for Terry. I think we can get more for Terry.
1: I don't, I don't really think we can. Okay. I just don't think that those shooting guards value, but like, I like Terry and everything, but I mean, how much longer are we going to do this?
0: Yeah. 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 Um. I would, I would say it's likely for him to get, to get traded now. Um that he has a long deal, so maybe maybe not maybe not above 50%, but it just whatever it was before, it's more likely now that Terry gets traded. I, I agree with that. Cool. Um, another thing I thought about, Miles Bridges. Um, he's a restricted free agent, so it's more than likely that he's on our team next year. I thought that this this move maybe made it slightly less likely that they bring back Miles Bridges, but uh I still foresee Miles Bridges being on the team next season.
1: Yeah, I do as well. You know, if you're going to pay $3 billion, uh, you're probably not like, oh, I want our team to be worse.
0: Right. Like, right. The thought process there is that a new ownership group might want to like get rid of any, any baggage. And obviously, um, the, you know, what Miles Bridges did this past season, they might not want to be associated with that. But uh, I mean, Michael Jordan's still a minority owner. It's not like it's like a complete, complete, complete overhaul um so i i foresee him being on the team next year as well
1: yeah i would um i would i would hope so do you have a do you have any more any more things that a new ownership could bring
0: yeah um i think we're gonna trade uh for victor woman Binyama. what do you think (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean what do you think let's say that we did get the number one pick
1: i mean the horn itself for three and a half billion instead of three billion
0: I think nice. four dude I think four I think it goes up a billion dollars do you actually uh yeah with Victor yeah I think it does Victor's Victor might be worth worth that much and uh the team sold for three billion Tim which makes this the third largest sale of an NBA team in league history Michael Jordan bought it for 180 million in 2010. That is a uh, large profit margin. I'm no finance major, but uh yeah, that that is a lot of money more than what he bought it for. And uh the only two teams that were sold for more were the Suns for 4 billion and the Nets for 3.3. And we beat out the Rockets, which is a massive market in Houston for what was it like 2.2 billion in 2017? Uh I can't say his name, Tillman Fertita, uh, and Clippers in 2014 for 2 billion. Uh shout out Steve Ballmer. So, um, pretty crazy that a team as bad as the Hornets go for the third largest amount in league history. It doesn't really make sense. I, I thought it would be like one and a half billion, two billion, something like that. But uh, yeah, Michael Jordan knows how to get a good deal done. To uh, to quote the great MF Doom, uh, only in America
1: could you find a way to still earn a healthy buck and keep your attitude on self destruct uh michael jordan pretty much ran this team even more into the ground and ended up just making billions of dollars so good for him good for uh good for the system and good for the hornets uh that is pretty cool could you imagine five years ago saying oh yeah the hornets will sell for three
0: billion dollars no dude no it's crazy i mean do did you, did you see the movie air maybe his mom was involved in like the negotiations here <laughs> <laughs> true uh- <laughs> Uh recapping all of the terrible moves the Bobcats have made under Michael Jordan and Tim, what is what are the what are the worst ones? Um let's just take this take this time to like this is a safe space, let it all out. What were what were the worst things that happened?
1: Um yeah, probably just the over-reliance on the UNC connections, you know, Cupcheck, Larry Brown, uh Rod Higgins, uh just just always having his family in there. And in the Larry Brown era, when we had prime Tyson Chandler, who was awesome for the New Orleans Hornets, came here and was playing behind uh, Nazar Muhammad, a 48-year-old Theo Ratliff, <laughs> Jop, and then we traded him for Brendan Hayward, Haywood for a little cap relief. And Tyson Chandler went on to be the defensive anchor of a championship team and win defensive player of the year with the New York Knicks in the next two years.
0: Yeah, that one, that one. Stands out as an awful move. I just think it's funny that uh, Michael Jordan was announced as minority owner on June fifteenth, two thousand six, and uh, on June twenty eighth, two thousand six, the Bobcats made their stamp in the draft uh, by drafting Adam Morrison third overall. So it was just doomed from from the beginning, um, from the very beginning of Michael Jordan's involvement. The worst, like one of the worst moves in the draft in in NBA history, uh, and. Yeah, that's that's how it's been since then, right? The Tyson Chandler for Brendan Haywood move. Drafting MKG, uh, number two overall. And you brought this up earlier, uh, just in a discussion before the podcast, like no direction, no sense of purpose with, with the moves uh, that he's made. Like in the draft, we just alternated between veteran player, okay, young player, or like established player, then young player, right? Um, ter- terrible drafts from from the 2010 er, uh, era on.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, we'll get the, you know, high upside guy, young guy, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Ah, that didn't work out. Let's get the more established sophomore Cody Zeller. Oh, ah, well, that upside wasn't super high. Noah Vonley, he's a young guy. He's like the youngest guy in the draft. We got to do that. It's like, oh, that really sucked. Frank Kaminsky, that'll be our answer. We'll get like the oldest guy in the draft. Uh, yeah, just just yo-yoing with that. Really just uh tough times. I mean, as depressing as you know, this last season was really hard to express just how helpless you felt in like the mid 2010s. Yes.
0: Yeah. I was actually thinking about that earlier. This past season was like the worst season we've had since that era. Like even that Devonte Graham led team had a higher win percentage than we had this past year, which is pretty wild. Um, so yeah, I think Michael Jordan had just had enough, honestly like after after this past year he's just like all right you know the the momentum we had died um and he was he was ready to make a move slash he wanted to make a buck um but this past year was almost as depressing as as those early 2010s so it was it was a flashback for him
1: yeah this is one of those things where uh you hear about a lot like fantasy football where it's like oh well you know this situation couldn't possibly be any worse like he's got to improve next season and i've been doing that with ownership where it's like oh well it can't possibly be worse it technically still could be worse not to pour cold water on things mm. but i mean i that's a very minuscule chance of happening yeah as long as these guys are just willing to spend a little money i mean just on like coaches scouting analytics like like let alone just contracts for players but just you know as far as the like actual like managerial role i hope that they pour some cash in to uh, to
0: the staff Hey, the Hornets have no analytics team, no analytics department. I uh, just recently graduated from a data science boot camp, and I am available uh, for uh, Hornets Hornets uh, analytics. If they want to start that department, I'll take it up.
1: I'll shoot them an email,
0: man. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, rehiring Clifford—you brought that up earlier. Just, just the ultimate, ultimate Bobcats Hornets move.
1: Yeah, just really embarrassing. I mean, it's not even like Clifford was like a bad coach this year. I don't, I don't think he was. I mean, you know, the defense, I think, seventh after the All-Star break, whatever it was, like, not like he's a terrible thing. It's just like an embarrassing PR thing to go through.
0: Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, okay. Cl- closing thoughts, Tim. Uh, What do you, do you think uh, this makes our future how, – how, what percentage brighter does it get?
1: Um, assuming they're just like median owners, like you know, not even like you know, not Steve Ballmer spending all the money, not like great, not Mickey Arison or Joe Lacob. Um, I would say seventy-five percent brighter.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the spending thing. I mean, that's that's what Michael Jordan was really lamented for. I mean, we talked about that that Kemba Walker situation where we just refused to pay Kemba Walker, um, the amount of money that he was worth, which wound wound up being a very 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 good move but it was not a good move for the right reasons right it was a good move because michael jordan didn't want to pay max um and that was smart but michael jordan did that in plenty of other situations where it was not smart
1: yeah the only story i can really ever remember of like jordan actually helping in free agency was lance stevenson (laughs) so it's not even yeah it's not like you know missed out on these guys for being cheap it's like yeah it's like that's like the one guy jordan ever called
0: so yeah yeah um well cool um futures futures looking brighter will we keep the number two pick uh stay tuned i i could i could see that that zion trade rumor is going to be all over the place in the next next couple weeks so or the next week i guess before before the draft
1: Something to pay attention to, it seems pretty clear that Zion and the Pelicans are the ones leaking those rumors.
0: Hmm. Okay, what does that entail, you think?
1: Um, That means that the Pelicans are probably trying to get off Zion, and Zion is trying to get away from New Orleans, but, like, you don't really hear a lot of it from the Hornets point of view. It's like, ah, the Pelicans really like that second pick. It's like, cool, I'd like a raise. Let me go spread that around the water cooler. It doesn't mean it's going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, another just funny point is that James Borrego, now the coach of coach of the Pelicans, Devontae Graham on the Pelicans, we're about to deal with them for Zion, and obviously there's the fact that the Pelicans are the original Hornets. Um, so just a lot of crossover with that team. I don't I don't know what's going on there.
1: I like it. Um, hot
0: take: I'd rather have
1: uh, Trey Murphy than Zion.
0: All right, let's uh, let's close on this story, Tim. I don't believe you at all. <laughs> uh, t- tell me about tell me about the Lowe's uh Lowe's experience earlier.
1: Oh yeah so you know I got the news I was running around
0: and I had to go pick up some uh
1: some quick clamps for all my clamp heads out there and uh this guy was helping me out Lowe's did not have it they never have proper inventories get to that another podcast uh their app is terrible but uh yeah so you know I was just talking he was wearing like some hornet's gear and I was like, oh man, did you hear about the sale and he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh Jordan sold the team and he looked at me and said, Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. And then we just <laughs> talked about the Hornets for like 10 minutes. So uh morale is high.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, morale morale's high uh in Charlotte today. Um shout shout out Michael Jordan uh doing the right thing. Not quite on the same level as uh Dolan sell the team, but there was there were cries from Hornets fans for the past <laughs> decade. Jordan Jordan sell the team and it's finally happened, Tim. So uh let's let's close there. Uh it's been real, bro.
1: It's been real. Be safe out there, Liquor Mark. Peace. Peace.